This is a Fubar Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com. The Joey Page Show, every Wednesday from 2 till 4 p.m. Hello, I'm Joey Page, and I host the Indie Alternative Psych Music Show on Fubar Radio every Wednesday from 2 p.m. You can also expect a little slice of punk and ska and a few other bits of hip hop and things like that as well. I speak to bands, musicians, and even your favourite venues and record stores. What we've done is we've put together a top lineup of past and current interviews. If you want the full episodes, which feature me babbling on like this and all the songs, then you can find us on the Fubar Radio website. However, each of these special little episodes, which are exclusive to Spotify and iTunes, will feature the best of the best up-and-coming bands, as well as our favourite ever guests. On today's episode, I have got Drenge. It's my third time interviewing the Loveless Brothers, but this time it's finally in person. Uh, We spoke about the new album Autonomy on a bench in a lane outside Rough Trade in East London. Also, I had the highly original Lazy Pilgrims on the show. Also, I've got an interview with Polish Club uh, who are some Australian guys from back in October and they were a lot of fun and also fairly controversially slagged off for all blood uh, because they didn't get on on their tour so that's something nice for you to get your ears stuck into and finally I've also got Ed from Editors Uh, he's the drummer if you don't know he was talking to me about the band's huge discography and legacy and also some of the brilliant work that he does with Oxfam so even if you haven't done anything for charity, you can be safe in the knowledge that we can all rely on good old Ed. Enjoy this episode. Joey Page's full show is live every Wednesday from 2 till 4pm. Alright, I am now joined in the studio. And wait for it, I'm going to use a brand new uh, round of applause uh, sound effect as I welcome them. It's Polish Club! Oh, wow! <laughs> so you. many people in here. So many you. people in here. I've <laughs> never had a bigger crowd. Quickly. Um, so, yeah, how you doing? Pretty yeah. good. Yeah. We're um we're kind of out of it. We flew yeah. in very early in the morning, not too long ago. So um. Well, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was trying to be vague. Oh but. yeah. Uh, did you come from Sydney? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. It's a long ass flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've done a lot of the old um, flying to and from Australia, and oh, yeah, so it? I want to get some of your uh, some of your tips for jet lag. Sounds like I've got jet lag. <laughs> You're the more tip, coherent than I am. The but, tip is to ruin the aviation industry so that no one buys any tickets to the flight, so that the plane's empty. Yeah, and you and can have you a whole row. Free reign. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, you had a whole um, row. I had three chair, chairs, so it was great. <laughs> it's so hard to manage that anger when you get it on one leg of the trip and not the other. Oh, You're just furious yeah, and you've yeah, got yeah. like, just like people with like, seem like I've got extra limbs just all flying around next to you. Look, it's not great. There's no winning, but um, if you get drunk and yeah. watch as many movies all, as yeah. possible, It's all about who loses the, the less. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Who loses the less? Um, (laughs) The first time I flew to Australia, uh, because I do stand-up comedy, right? So I was doing a show over there, and I was on my own, and I had to go to Perth. And that's not really Australia. On, well, but on the flight, <laughs> I, I did exactly what what you said. I tried to just get drunk, and I thought, what free drink will get me drunk the most? Oh, yeah. So I had red wine. I just don't really drink it. And I thought that yeah, might. Yeah. 
And I convinced myself that maybe I might want to put some interpretive dance in the show. And I woke up the next morning and I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and, and what did they... Did you do it? Uh, absolutely not. What's wrong with you? Uh, absolutely you got to stick not. to your commitments, I've man. Got, that's how I've people got no discover rhythm. new that's things. That's why I'm not in a band. I can't that's keep fine. time. So I've, that's why I'm doing this. That's, well, hey. that's the beauty about interpretive dance. It can be anything. Yeah, well, yeah, I suppose I could be so. doing it right now. You wouldn't know. Until I label it interpretive dance. Will there be any at the Sea Bright Arms? Probably. Um, it depends how drunk we are. Well, I know this is. Uh, is this meant to be live? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, have, we missed, it, have we missed it? So you should have said, was there any? Was yet? there any at the Sea Bright Arms? <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. Was there? Was there any? <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think there might have been. Yeah, cool. Um, <laughs> thanks for knowing more about when this is going on than me. <laughs> so uh, tell us about Polish Club, uh, Novak. Yeah. I, You've got a mad accent. Thanks, You've man. got a very <laughs> strong look. You're very yeah. sort of like dashing and debonair. So tell us a little I'm bit an about enigma. your what is Polish club part of your actual heritage? I'm just guessing that from your name, or is that a complete no, red herring? A, or what's no, it's because he's a polished-looking person. Yeah, I'm just polished. It's actually Polish club. Polish yeah. club. Yeah. No, I'm <laughs> My father's Polish. Both of his parents are Polish. We're not very creative, and that's the only thing yeah. we have in common. Couldn't think of anything. <laughs> the only thing you have in common. The, yeah. other, the other band name option was Pants. Yeah. No, there was um, Hot Bread. Hot Bread. Hot Bread. Yeah. Pants. Yeah. Um, that's it. Oh, another one. They was, smell better than they taste. Another one was Bill. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes all right. It tastes all right. Uh, I don't know. I figure like all band names are shit. Until you put music to it, yeah. I right. mean, you know. But no, I just thought uh, I just wanted to check if there was any lineage there. Oh, yeah, I mean, plenty, we don't plenty, know. Yeah. We literally don't know the first thing about Poland. Yeah, never um, been there. But you know, but that's pretty. Poland. Poland. You're getting close though, aren't you? We're getting close, but yeah. not quite. Yeah, but not quite. <laughs> We're too scared to go there because we'll get there. First of all, I'm sure no one gives a shit about Polish club in Poland. Second of all, but we don't speak sense, the language. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Uh, I imagine it's like a Polish rock band coming to Australia and being called Australia Club. Mm. And then you'd be like, they'd be like, nah, you get all the nah, people like, like, like Australia, Australia Club. Yeah. 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 <laughs> My grandfather, he was Australian. <laughs> yeah. See, I can't even do the accent. So. <laughs> yeah, that was like more German. We'll get chased out of there if we go there too soon. We, actually, so. we, we almost had had shows booked this time around, and we were just like, no one's gonna come. Like, there's gonna be a waste of time. Well, it's like, how far do you want to go? Yeah, yeah, how far yeah. do you want to go for like a, an amazing uh, Instagram yeah. post? Our manager yeah. was Not literally. Our manager was like, think of the content. Think of that right, hashtag yeah, yeah. content. And we're like, okay, I, th- I, th- I had a thought, and no, I don't want to go. Yeah, and right now I'm thinking <laughs> of an empty room in the middle of Poland with people going, these guys aren't even fucking Polish. These guys aren't even fucking Polish. These guys aren't even fucking Polish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Polish. Um, <laughs> so, so Clarity, right? That's uh, your amazing new single. Thanks, it's man. It's also, it's, great. it's also a great song by uh, John, John Mayer. Mayer and Zed. Zed. Zed's got a song called Clarity. And there's actually a couple more I found, but... I- yeah, it's not the most so original it's, it's song It's quite title. hard to get you up the um, Google search. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's fine, you know. Maybe some John Mayer fans will make the mistake of listening to us. And yeah, and be like, oh, God, They might no. like it. Some yeah. Polish John Mayer fans. Yeah. Look, they don't have to what like it. What Venn diagram just, <laughs> crossover. <laughs> they just is. need to listen to it enough to count as a Spotify player. Yeah, which is a minute and 15 seconds. There you go. Thank and you, guys. That would help us out of a jam. And so, how did you guys, other than your Polish heritage that you've accidentally got in common, how did you guys know each other? You've been friends since you were young. How did how did the mm. band start? Friends is a, like a really strong word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I don't really like this to is, throw that yeah. out very often. It's more a professional we're friends friendship. Now. We're good friends now. <laughs> After that flight, you are. We're like an yeah. awkward uh, couple. But we were, we, kind of, we, were we, were the, we were kind of like the Spice Girls. We were created by like a committee. John, we're just like the Spice Girls. <laughs> and they own, and they got to two and four. No, that'll do. Yeah. There's no <laughs> way we're having five of these. Uh, we'll take yeah. three more, but you're not getting paid. 
Yeah. It's fine. Well, know. that's we've... what I was going to say. Congratulations, because being in a two-piece band, that's that's mega more money for you guys, isn't yeah. it? Well, it's, it's mega less losing money. It was yeah. less debt. <laughs> mega <laughs> less yeah. debt. It's, no one's chasing after us yet <laughs> yeah. for money. But well, we kind of figured it, we found out like coming here that um, people were kind of over the two. Like people were like in Australia, the two-piece thing. People were still like, wow. That's that's yeah. what you do. I mean, you make so much noise. But here, everyone's like, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's there there's quite a good number, but they're all yeah. really good. As as are you guys, but it's like, um, do you take anything from other two piece bands, particularly? Do you go? Oh, actually, I really like how they managed to overcome that problem. Yeah, running we stole. Yeah, uh, when we started, we yeah. What we have stole, you stolen? We've <laughs> stolen everything from everyone. Like that's literally yeah. music. <laughs> that's literally music. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So literally everything, you know. But we 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 definitely stole some like kind of guitar setups, you know. Yeah. How, yeah. Like, from like we, we kept look like at, when we played some gigs with two piece bands. Look at like where the knobs. We uh, played. Right. We were always what looking for knobs. knobs. At, <laughs> <laughs> we played. Um, we supported Royal Blood on their Australian tour. Oh nice. And um, I was kind of super curious at how they set up, and that bastard has like a literal <laughs> stack of about ten. Pedal boards? Yeah. I'm like, nah, it's not. It's yeah, not bastard. worth it. It's not worth it. Like, yeah, because so that, that, whenever gear. I yeah. see like pedal boards, like all that, it, it just gives nervous. me a headache. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what's going on. I, I've gotten to a point where mine is like bigger than an actual suitcase. I just right. put all my clothes in it now, which kind of yeah. works. But it's it's uh, unyielding, that, unwieldy as the, the best. The Royal Blood guy also he plays bass. Yeah, and he had like twelve basses on tour. And like, and How many like, did you need? Kind of identical. Not even one. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, not even one. Fuck 12. Yeah, what, do you, yeah. what, is, what does that one down the end do? We also didn't meet them in the entire tour. Yeah. No yeah. way. They didn't bother to say hi. Oh, so oh I know. He, the, uh, one of them made eye contact, eye contact <laughs> with me from across the room. And then his security <laughs> guard told you to fuck off. Yeah, no, like, he pushed me up against the wall so that he could walk by. He's like, I'm no, like, no, no, there's no one on else stage. here. Like, you don't need to make any more room. There's plenty of room for him to oh, walk by. Oh, that sucks, though. <laughs> Oh, it's fine. They're just douchebags. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Fuck for all blood. I've never played them on there anyway. <laughs> we're not interviewing them soon, are we? Oh, I've, I've okay. actually... <laughs> not, not now. <laughs> I've just been wanting to start a beef with someone. And wow. I I we actually started it recently. We we, we mentioned it in, a, in an interview in Australia recently. And so yeah, but the thing we forget is that Royal Blood couldn't give a shit who yeah, we yeah. are. And I don't That's think the they're sitting at home it. listening to Australian radio. But maybe they're listening to Bar. Yeah, maybe they are. Um... But they might be busy. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? I don't want to also rule you out of uh, the next support slot on their tour. Ah, fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> don't want yeah. it. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know. If you're listening, uh, Royal Blood, oh, guys, here's we'll a play again. for you, right? <laughs> who, who in music do you hope is awful? Like, <laughs> uh, that's a really different that's way actually, around to do it. I, I really hope. Well, who do we know is awful? Oh, well, how much well, we, time do you have? Yeah, there's loads. No, I, I get kind of disappointed or um, conflicted when I hear that bands like Nickelback or, like, um, say your Smash Mouths are quite nice dudes. Although the guy from Smash Mouth is a douchebag. There's a video on YouTube of him. I barely him. remember the band Smash Mouth. Oh, mate. Always in our hearts. They're still around. There's a video of him on YouTube getting pissed off because someone's throwing bread at him in the crowd. <laughs> The, at the backing, the band is playing the uh, the track to All Star. Like the boom's vamping, vamping on it. Which one of you motherfuckers threw the bread? Yeah, <laughs> show yourself. So he's a douchebag. Have you ever had anything thrown at you? Um, in, a in a nice way. He, he, he wants panties, bread. He, he you would like if someone yeah. threw bread at yeah. you. If someone threw bread at you me, eat it. it would. You'd probably put it in lunch. You put it in your pocket and have it later. Yeah. yeah. No, I'd eat it right then and there. 
Stop the tracking. <laughs> Stop the Yeah, just give me a sec. Well, our last show we had, we took, like, because we're only two people, we asked for a modest rider, you know, maybe yeah. a sandwich or two, and uh, and a nutritional muesli bar. Yeah. But, I, um, I actually have one in my pocket. Oh, there you go. Pipe full of sugar. Absolutely. It keeps <laughs> us going. It's good for jet lag. But we got, like, a whole sandwich platter at this Brisbane festival that we played, and um, so we just took them out on stage and rode our rider on it, and... So we already bring our own bread to the show. Nice. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just a, it's a good experience. What was know? the thing? That, what was Keeping that, that mega that down. That I don't know what the question, question was. The oh, question was, who do I hope is a douchebag? Um, I want to say Greta Van Fleet. Oh, yeah. They suck. Have you heard of that band? No. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's the... I, I, oh, man. It's the funniest band in the world. They basically Led Zeppelin, but they're 20-year-olds from, like, LA. Seattle. No, they're from Seattle. Seattle. Oh, yeah. God. Which makes even less like sense. Yeah, it's less legit. But they've obviously been like cobbled together by some label and told to wear like hippie, hippie clothes. clothes. Yeah. And the guy literally just sounds like what's his face? Robert Plant. Robert Plant. Ah. It's great. But so then I, they. But, I, I they, hope they're but it's one of those things where they they promise that they're not. They they're not trying to rip off Led Zeppelin. They pro like in interviews like we don't like we we get it, but we we. Yeah. We, that's not our influence. And five and seconds like, later. He's like constantly doing like the. Sounds yeah. like there's a high chance that they are idiots. Probably. So you're probably right. Yeah. But you know what? Maybe so are we. It's fine. <laughs> no. yeah. Everyone's I mean, an asshole. I mean, this has been one of my favorite interviews in a very long time, actually. It's nice to be having yeah. a nice That's chat. That's great. You should book more uh, douchebags. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, tell us a little bit about, because the album is coming soon. I mean, it's coming eventually. No, so you don't. No, you haven't got a date. <laughs> Depends what soon, like what window well, of time is soon. We're in like a really <laughs> weird spot because we did the first album in mm -hmm. eight days yeah. in in the west of Sydney, um, where we're comfortable and like super cheap with a friend of ours, Wade. And now, because that one went quite well, they trust us to take our in time. Australia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in Australia, <laughs> they trust us to take our time and do it properly. So we we're not rushing it and. You know, with that kind of stuff, you never know when something's finished. So, but also we haven't written written enough songs. Also, we've <laughs> just written garbage yeah. music yeah. so the, far. The problem so. is, though, isn't it? It's like if you haven't got that deadline to work, if they're yeah. not like you've, got, you've only got these five days to do it or whatever, yeah. then inevitably you go, nah. I'll well, do we it later. We'll, we'll show yeah. up. We'll show up in 2020 with one, you know, 30 minute song full of bagpipes <laughs> or something. And go, yeah, I think the album's it's finally very progressive. done. Yeah. It's gonna be called Polish Democracy. Yeah, it's, it'll be called I Give Up. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Who needs music? And, so, and then, so uh, other than the the fact that you guys are off to Europe and you're doing loads of shows in Germany, mm. um, what what's going on after that? What's your plan? I just want to survive Germany because, yeah. I mean, we're going to be on a bus because Australia is so big yeah, that when we everywhere. tour, we fly everywhere yeah. and stay in hotels. And as a two-piece, fortunately, that's not as expensive as you would think. So the I, the almost famous image of uh, people on a tour bus is it's kind not of, something you get, yeah. Well, yeah. it's just so foreign to me. It's, it's yeah. reserved for like fantasy but, and movies. Yeah. But we found out you can't you can't poo on the bus. You can't poo and you can't shower. Unless, unless, and I'm already panicked about that. <laughs> I, like whenever I think about it, I'm like, I need to shower and poop right now. Yeah, he, does, he goes like four times a day. Shower. Oh, no. no <laughs> it doesn't matter which one he's talking <laughs> about. Yeah. It's interchangeable. Uh, it depends what kind of day Suffice to say, I'm scared about going on that bus. And is it going to be your first <laughs> time in uh, mainland Europe? Or have you been there before? 
I grew up in Belgium. Oh, did you? That's right. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. This is full circle because you yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. That was like the longest question in the world. Very. Expertly yeah, executed. We, yeah. Um, I, I went to an international school, so I sound like an American, which sucks. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but, then, yeah. but in America, it's all over the place. It, you just sound like you would make a real yeah. great Disney villain. <laughs> it I looks could. like one too, yeah, actually. I could. Yeah. I'd be. Re- I swear too much for a Disney film, though. Yeah, but it's not live, is it? So they're just re. That's just true. Re- record the lines. I'll say literally anything if they pay me. As well. <laughs> Disney, um, if you're listening. And, and, and Germany, have you, have you been there? Where? Where you're going, Germany? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where? Uh, never, guys, I hate to break it to you, but never heard of it. Germany's not Belgium. Um, it's, it's all the same. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were in Berlin a couple months ago. Oh, nice. And um, it was like 37 degrees, oh, yeah. and it was it was simultaneously Yucky. great. And an yeah. utter nightmare. Last time I went, it was minus ten. It's just the yeah. opposite. But yeah. uh, and you're going to Hamburg. You've been there? Nah, we've a really great night. Yeah, out everyone there. says it's, that. It's yeah, we've, we've been told that Hamburg and Cologne are the ones to look out for. Is yeah. it where? Uh, is it where hamburgers came from? Is that? I, was, I know. Uh, this one it isn't. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know. I don't know where that came from. But oh well, shit. The interview's but, over. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> Shut it all down. <laughs> uh, guys, thanks so much for coming in. It's thanks been for a real pleasure us. meeting you. It's a yeah, real fun cheers, interview. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, good luck with everything. Uh, we're going to play Clarity. Is there anything you want to say about it before where I hit the green button? Um, can, you play, can you play one of the other Clarities, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's a song by us, and it's, avail- it's the first song we've released internationally at yeah. the same time. Cause um, we, yeah, because we got out of a shifty deal that... Totally fucked us for a year. Yeah, we had a really bad record deal, and now we have an okay one that allows us to uh, release release our music. (laughs) Great, (laughs) which is almost imperative. So we're super happy. So it's worth a listen just because of that. It's worth a listen because it's it's great new music from Australia. There we go. Thanks so much for coming in, guys. Thank Uh, you. This is Clarity by a Polish club. Joey Page's full show is live every Wednesday from two till four p.m. I am outside Rough Trade in East London with one of my favourite bands all time. It's Drenge. Owen and Rory, how you doing? Hello. Hi, Joey. You're right. Yeah. And we're here in this this alley outside Rough Trade because you're doing your in-store tonight and you told me that you've got something juicy planned in terms of how you are arranging the songs from the album. Yeah, it's um, Drenge Philharmonic, which is um, it's our attempt to do electro-pop versions of tracks off the album that people aren't that familiar with <laughs> well you get what you pay for i guess what, what the motto is there it's free, free entry, so yeah, yeah great yeah. in practice as you've been working out how to do that is there a particular song that that works really well with or one that's a complete disaster that you've like missed off the list because it just doesn't go there wasn't even time to practice it right okay we've been there so busy with so much of the stuff to quality control anything it is what it is <laughs> it's what it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's um, that kind of tuna with a with a bit of dolphin in that you didn't you didn't ask for, and right. it's, and you feel bad about it. But we're all there, so we might as well enjoy it. Yeah. Normally yeah. I sound really gutted I can't make it, but it sounds like no, I'm joking. I do. <laughs> I am genuinely um, upset. No, it'll that I'm be good. Miss it. It'll be good. So the album's just come out. I spoke to you when you had the EP out. You said that you've been really working on your songwriting and like developing different styles of songwriting. I think that really comes across in the album, and I think it's a great album. It's it's sort of like created its own world, which I'm really into. I love it when an album does that. Did you find it easy to make this album or hard? It was easy. It was just a normal record record making process for us, but uh, we just ran out of time. Yeah, it was quite a luxurious recording process. What do you mean you ran out of time? So did you have a deadline that you had to get to, and you just not really. 
I don't know. Well, we just kind of we, we, we just kind of we did kind of miss one. Bast, yeah, but you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure anyone was really chasing chasing us for it. I think people like get it right rather than like right. Yeah, you need sure. to in to do, man. Because, in now because it was the same gap as there is between World Cups since you brought out albums. You had four years between. And how good is every World Cup? Oh, absolutely! And how good is this album? Exactly. Yeah. And there's always a winner as well. And the winner is Strange. Yeah. Right. Yeah, something like that. You've included autonomy from the EP, but none of the other three tracks. So, what was the thinking behind? Why did you want to include that one specifically, or was it more like autonomy was just a big single and then you put it out as an EP? How did that come about? I think it was the second one. The second autonomy one. is the big single. I think. Auto- I think like the other tracks on the EP don't have that same mysterious otherworldliness. Yeah. Right. Okay. That the rest of the tracks on that album all have together. So it's like, there you go. There's some like there's some drench just to like whet your appetite and then and album yeah, next okay. to Yeah. Nice. And yeah. I've seen it said, possibly by you, but definitely in some reviews, that it's like almost like a horror film soundtrack. Is that something that you definitely wanted to do going into it? Yeah, kind of, yeah. I mean like I think one day we got into the studio and Ross the producer, he'd been to see John Carpenter live in concert and um the night before and he was like, We're just gonna make this track sound like a John Carpenter song and just like got up all these like vintage synths and just kind of we we just worked away kind of went into the 70s like i don't know it's like we were in the thing yeah it does it feels very thingy or yeah. like yeah one of those kind <laughs> yeah. of films it's great and uh obviously like there's some really experimental stuff on there from a not to pigeonhole you as like a a rock indie band but you know like the the saxophone the or it might be a trumpet i'm not that uh, well it's, sax- it's yeah. our dad on saxophone it's your dad on saxophone yeah, i was gonna yeah. say who was uh John Loveless, yeah. Nice, so all three. Have you got yeah. any other family members that you're going to enlist in, in the future? Have you got any other musical talent in the family? Uh, yeah, in the wider family, yeah, quite a bit. I mean, you know, but it gets expensive, yeah, you know, day rates. and how, how much is John Carpenter's expensive? John, uh, John, Car- John, <laughs> John Loveless, <laughs> sorry. John, John Loveless <laughs> is one bucket of ice cream and some nice French cheese. Okay. That's, his, that's his wage. That's his yeah, I might yeah. get him to do a theme tune for the show. All right. I for that. Now, I think he was in America when I was reading this, and he was talking about mosh pits and stuff, right? And it took me back to my first mosh pit, and you were saying that you kind of got maybe a bit hurt in a mosh pit when you were younger and you wanted people to be all safe, in whatever this interview was that I was reading. And it made me think about the first mosh pit that I was ever in, which was at an Offspring concert. So I wanted to know what was the first band that you ever was in a mosh pit to? I think the first, first mosh pit I was in was um, our teacher, our teacher's band. He was in a band called Bromhead's Jacket, and he was our ICT teacher. And then he went off to do Bromhead's Jacket for a bit. And uh, they played in Sheffield at the start of 2007. I think I was about 14. Pretty heavy going. It was that terrifying. Uh, most of the gig, I was off my feet. Right, because you just like wedged in. Yeah, no, yeah. And, and I must have been a bit smaller than I am now because that hasn't. Well, that, that hasn't happened since. But yeah. When you're off your feet in a mosh pit, it's yeah, pretty yeah. terrifying. It's like you're in the in I the mean, ocean. What kind of a what kind of a IT teacher is that? Our one, we hated him so much. We used to put the clock forward in the lesson so that he thought it was over earlier. <laughs> it's really easy to trick. One of us would get sent out. He'd come out and talk to us. We'd wind the clock forward. We never had one that we wanted to go and see outside of school. No, this guy. He was uh, he was great teacher. Yeah. Well, not a great teacher. No, he was a great guy. teacher. Great I think guy. we had like an hour hour long lesson with him once where he just talked about William Wallace. Really? <laughs> yeah. He was pretty he chill. Did nothing. He literally did nothing. There wasn't a lesson plan. It was just games or lesson. <laughs> Would you guys, as far as to say that he's inspired you to become musicians? 
He was definitely a part of it, I think. Yeah, I think... Seeing that that was, like, a a possibility. Yeah. Wasn't, like, a total... Feasibility. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And rare, I would say. It's pretty rare. It's pretty rare. Well rare, yeah. Yeah. In fact, another school that I went to, a singer from The Long Blondes, worked as a teacher there. Okay. So had a pretty rock and roll high school uh, all right have you education. got any because i'm thinking if i can play any um high school top trumps delia smith went to my school and andy townsend the football commentator and player really so i don't That's know if you've got right. anything yeah uh, anything else? emily maitlis from Newsnight. yeah uh, oh um and maybe one of Iron Maiden. Sebco, he went to he went to the sixth film I went to. Fine, Dick, you win Dick then. I think that's that just oh but then you've got the, does that is that minus points? Don't know. I'll I'll tot it up later. Right. So back it's to the album. Yeah. Did you feel you got a you got, got one it, here? Oh yeah, we was gonna On a beautiful orange vinyl, no less. Out limited now. edition. Orange vinyl. Yeah. It is a limited edition, right? The orange one. Yeah, it's yeah. They're, they're not just making them forever. No, They've, great. There's only a certain amount to go uh, around. Double gatefold. Anything you want to tell us about the the artwork and stuff while we've got it here? Inspired by Renaissance and Vanitas. Uh, wow. Artwork. Give it all away, why don't you? Well, it's like an unboxing it's video. It's out there now. All oh, right. Okay. Why don't you go in the other sleeve? Why don't you pull? Why don't you pull that out? Oh yeah, because I've not. Look at that. Yeah, we just thought we'd have a bit of a Illuminati party. Do you know this guy? That's the Pineapple King. <laughs> the Pineapple King. Yeah. Uh, I like him. He's a, he was like a famous pineapple trader from the 18, 1800s. And um, as part of an uh, Illuminati ceremony, he'd bring, he'd bring his pineapple in and he'd charge people, you know, 50 quid a go to look at the pineapple. Because people hadn't seen a pineapple before. Yeah, absolutely. They yeah. wouldn't eat it. He'd just, he'd just charge people to look at the pineapple. I have no idea if um, this is a real tale, but I'm going to go with it because that's what I prefer to believe. You can get that in all good record shops and great merch. Wait for, uh, wait for Black Friday, I think. <laughs> great merch in general on your website as well. I always notice that. All right. I've got a Home Alone uh, Drench poster. Oh, have you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, so it's been four years. And what's changed in the sort of process in terms of... like I, know, I feel like you guys have always been really good at this anyway. But you seem to have been really hot on all the stuff surrounding the album coming out, like the Tombola, where you've been like giving stuff away, and this Philharmonic idea, which should... That's very kind of you to say. Yeah, Thanks. but it's really great that you're going uh, and doing these sort of innovative things. Um, I think we are like fans of music, and we like kind of like recognise what it's like to be maybe a fan of a band and have stuff kind of like come out and we want stuff that we do to be kind of somewhat interesting and not too like the reason we're doing these philharmonic shows is because we've been to too many acoustic shows in record stores where it's just been like pretty kind of mindless yeah uh, reinterpretations of songs we're like even if it's more embarrassing we'll at least give it a go and um, try and do something a bit upbeat yeah (laughs) Some people. Bro, it seems like you, you're like I don't know why we're doing it. Yeah, I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure it out myself still. But yeah, some people like it. Some people hate it. I'm going to just ask you a real sort of stock radio interview question that kind of just needs to be covered, and I'm sure you're going to get it a lot. But now, do you know what you're going to be doing in terms of how quickly you're going to move on to the next project, or are you? Have you got like what are your big goals? What What's the future hold for Drench? Just make people happy i guess but you've, you're doing that already yeah so i guess i guess you know we've we've um been away for four years people keep saying four years but actually it's more like three years right and then it's actually more like 
we were back last year. Yeah. So we're only away for two years, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've done all the maths. Yeah. I did it. I've got it. I've got it all written out on this in this little book. It goes. It goes. Undertow comes out. Then we toured that for a year. Then two years making uh, strange creatures, and then and then we were back last year. But yeah. Yeah, with the it grand reopening. Like for, yeah, grand reopening, yeah. or the or Drench gonna rip. That was the that's the anagram of grand reopening. Oh, is it right? Yeah, okay. yeah. I wasn't clever enough to get that. No, no, no one else <laughs> was. No, like it's a bit too esoteric, I yeah. think. Um, yeah, make another record, get that out. You know, to all the world again. Have you already like because knowing how long records actually take to come out once they're finished? Have you been working on stuff already or not really? We haven't, we not, haven't had time. Not yet. No, yeah, we no, time. no. But it's you know like we're coming up with songs all the time. Yeah, aren't we? You seem like you're in a real rich vein of like you said where you was talking about uh, how you've been working on different ways of writing songs. It seems like you're in a real fertile position at the moment for writing and being creative. Cheers. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. That's just what an outsider would say. Okay. <laughs> okay. Great. Wasn't really a question, more a statement. Okay. So there we go. Uh, gentlemen, genuine pleasure to uh, have a chat to you in person. Thanks for coming on the show and congratulations. The album Strange Creatures is amazing. It's out now. Uh, go and buy it. Cheers, mate. Thank Thanks. You. Hey, you. This is Drenge. You need to listen to Joey Page 2 till 4 on a Wednesday. Thanks. <laughs> a long time ago at a school I used to go to. The Joey Page Show, every Wednesday from 2 till 4pm. I'm going to introduce to you one of my new favourites. I really am enjoying this band's work. They've got an EP out, which has also got a brilliant title, but let's not jump the gun too much. Let's welcome them into the studio first. Lazy Pilgrims, welcome to the show. Hello. Hey. Uh, Georgie, Jack and Chris, how you doing? All good. Very good. You're missing a member, am I right? I Unfortunately, missing yeah. A missing a limb, man. Miss, missing a limb. Yeah. We're saving up for bail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Josh isn't here. Where's Josh? Uh, he's, uh, I don't know. He's there, enjoying he's, his last year of uni. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's, he's living busy. at large. Oh, so there's no particular reason. No good reason. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Josh, why aren't you here? Josh, if you're listening, <laughs> tut. Um, tut, tut. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you so much for coming in. Let's start with the fact that, because it's uh, a fairly big statement that you've, you've made and one that I don't disagree with you left london because it's a soulless place to make music it is yeah yeah and and you've relocated to margate which is yeah uh, as we all know the brand new hipster haven (laughs) by the sea from (laughs) so yeah just tell us a bit about why you decided i know i've pretty much just said it but yeah talk us through it a little bit uh well actually the main motivation was that we had loads of really close friends who were in bands and they all started making the move namely the guys from Gang and Inevitable Daydream who are also like I'd say two of the best bands in Margate right now mm-hmm. possibly the UK but yeah and, and they were saying they were loving it we went for a lot of, went to play some shows and kind of just fell in love with it and yeah it was it good. has yeah. got a really good like sort of community spirit to it yeah. I feel like I went down there quite a lot last summer mm. and there's loads of great coffee shops and little record stores almost too many working. too many there's like <laughs> Cliffs shout oh, out so, to Cliffs uh, well actually so I uh, I do a sort of erstwhile feature on the show where I'll just ring up a record shop and oh, talk yeah. to them about what they've got going on oh god you and didn't I get me did you? Oh. <laughs> well, you, have you been on this show before Chris not that I know then of. it wasn't you <laughs> <laughs> and are you the aforementioned in your sort of stuff I've read about you are you Chris Brown that is true that is true so you are the spiritual partner of the rest of the band that got added to the band yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not even the most recent member actually that would be Josh but um 
Yeah, I joined. So tell me a bit about the, the spiritualized. Oh yeah, oh thing. that's just some nonsense. Oh, I, wrote fine. In our bio. <laughs> I was hoping no, that we get. No, no, I mean like we. Well, Jack and I started the band, and then we sort of met Chris, and I don't know. We were just looking for another guitarist. And it just worked. Like, we just did one rehearsal with him and he just came and, like, fucking turned all of our songs into, like... I don't know, just took them, to, <laughs> took them on a higher plane. Like, the way he plays his guitar is, like... I don't know, it's like watching someone perform magic. Wow, that is high praise indeed. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and there is a very, in a good way dense sound to what you do and lots of layers it's like really yeah I I think that's exactly right it's very thick and sort of yeah yeah. so tell us a bit about how you create such a I'd say part of that actually um, on the EP at least comes down to Eric Tormey who recorded us who is also in the band gang that we mentioned yeah Uh, he did a great job of that but we do try and get just the biggest sound that we physically can mm-hmm. from Lots of two pedals. guitars and a bass. And it, anyway. is, it is a massive sound, but it's also not a scary sound. And I think, therefore, the name of the album is com- uh, of the EP is completely perfect. Mm. Ferociouslessness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's so that's, fun to say. It's exactly yeah. what the sound yeah, is, though. It is like it. I think that it, yeah, it has like a ferocious quality, but yeah, not intimidating. Just like yeah. in your face, yeah. sort of like can't get away from it um, yeah. and I just think uh, it's to. a brilliant EP so congratulations thank you oh, thank you, yeah. you. means uh, a lot yeah I'm really enjoying listening to it like um, I genuinely meant it when I said today that I had two bands that I just couldn't wait to get on two mm. new bands specifically and so yeah what a show it is for me today but yeah I'm really <laughs> glad Sweet. that you're thank here thank you yeah um, so tell us a little bit about obviously the EP is out but what's coming next? Well, now in the old EP, the EP we just released, sorry, the old EP was with our <laughs> older drummer. Um, so you can expect the newer stuff to be a lot more freeform, freeform, mm. uh, a little bit more like jazzy on the drums, a okay. little bit more like proggy, and just a bit weirder, really. just a little bit yeah. weirder, yeah. but still got that kind of like floaty, dreamy quality to it, I guess. Now, yeah. if you've not heard the guys before, uh, we are going to be playing obviously attracted by them in a bit that's why they're here (laughs) but just so you can get a little handle on them getting the weirder the song that we're playing is called sepia lips and the cosmic elliptical Mm -hmm. so which i have read many times and still can't manage to say correctly (laughs) so they're getting weirder than that is what they're saying we just like tongue twisters Yeah. yeah yeah Yeah, it is actually. You are actually a, a DJ's nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so, what inspired you to make this kind of music as opposed to any other kind of sound? Like, it's brilliant that you've been on tour with Wand, which we'll we'll talk about in a minute. How did how did the sound tour, come about? It was one show, yeah, <laughs> but you they know, were tour. tour. Yeah. They were on it tour. Counts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it totally uh, counts. Yeah. Why did we choose this? this yeah, time? like how like what's what was your inspiration growing up, or like what kind of music mm. are you into in your in your leisure time well I was exposed to all kinds of stuff from my dad and he's kind of into everything but he kind of introduced me to like the Pixies and and like Velvet Underground and all those sorts of people and I was like 12 or 13 and Jack and I kind of bonded over a love of those sorts of bands and developed into like love of shoegaze and and obviously Chris likewise it's a similar background but I would speak for I both. just like pedals and the shoegaze yeah. comes with it yeah Cool. Yeah. And so, tell us a bit about what it's like as a as a live thing. So you've got your show tonight at the Seabright Arms. How does it play out on stage? Like, is it quite a 
for me personally, and and probably for Chris, we spend quite a lot of time like fiddling with the settings on our pedal board. <laughs> right, there's a lot so of tap like, dancing. Going yeah, there's on. a lot of tap like. dancing. So like, we're not like the most physically crazy band, but I think not that always. the sound not always. I mean, it, you know, it depends. There's peaks and troughs or whatever, but. Yeah, there's a lot of intricate footwork, so that's what you can expect. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, well, uh, big sounds. Yeah, people people that like a good uh, toe tapper for different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Get right down the front exactly. and have a look yeah. at it. I'm always so in awe of musicians that have got loads of pedals because I've only got about six buttons here and <laughs> I can't press all of them and I've got ten fingers. So yeah. I don't know how people do all them pedals. It's just trial and error, really. It's just yeah. like, oh, if I turn that knob, it sort of sounds like that. So yeah. You sort of practice it as yeah. much as you practice playing guitar or yeah. something, you know. It's just yeah. a different skill to be good at, yeah. yeah. Again, I can't say enough. I think that the EP is amazing and uh, it's my new mission to get more people to know about you guys because oh, I just think what you're doing well, is, is brilliant. We are going to play Sepia Lips and the Cosmic Elliptical. So, before we do so, mm. is there anything you'd like to tell the listeners about it? Um, was it, it the first one that we sort of co-wrote? I guess I so, yeah. That was probably yeah, the one we from when together. Chris joined. Also, another thing I want to say before we go is that we're playing... Oh, yeah, we've already said the Seabright yeah. Arms. Mm. I've yeah. got a very short-term memory. Sorry, I will do it again, again at the end yeah, as well, cool. yeah. after the song. I've got nothing else but to say <laughs> then. <laughs> and we'll leave the uh, the cosmic elliptical... It can describe itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just imagine that. But it is a serious, serious piece of music, and I'd love you all to pay attention to it because it's brilliant. Uh, so please enjoy it. This is Lazy Pilgrims. The Joey Payne Show, every Wednesday from 2 till 4 p.m. All right, it's now time to welcome uh, a very special guest to the show, a band that I have loved for a long time and I saw again last year at Stand and Calling and one of the best live performances that I can remember in pretty much forever. It's time to welcome Ed from Editors to the show. Hi. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> that was a really, that was a very generous introduction. Thank you. But a real, a real heartfelt one because you're you're a band that I hold very dear to my heart, Ed. So. Uh, th- oh, good on you. Good on you. Thank you. Uh, without sounding like a sort of weird musical, thank you for the music. <laughs> what uh, you're what the songs I'm singing. Yeah, that's right. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's Abba, isn't no, it? No, uh, of course. I'm really pleased. Yeah, we've had a um, we've had a pretty good career, so it's nice that people are still, you know, following us and. People have maybe you've got some good memories of us from you know when we first came out back in 2005. Are sort of maybe re-engaging with us a little bit still nowadays. So yeah, that's definitely. pretty amazing for a band for a, like us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I uh, sort of case in point, I brought my missus uh, when I was because I was working at Stand and Calling for the radio station to see you guys, and she was like, "Oh, I'm not, I'm not really fussed about them." And she came away saying. They were absolutely incredible. What a great live experience. So it was really, really good. And I think... Kind of the aim. I think we, yeah. we're all... Um, we, we play so much. And we, to be fair, we don't play as much in the UK as we have you know, played in sort of Europe for a good number of years. So you know, we're kind of always doing our thing over there and getting better as far as I'm concerned. And it's quite nice to come back when people have possibly forgotten about us a little bit to sort of show that we've still got it in a certain way yeah and it must be it must be quite frustrating because 
as far as I'm concerned, and obviously like the numbers speak for themselves, you are a really good band. You do really well, but it, I guess sometimes. It, like for me, it feels like maybe that you almost completed your genre of music really early on in your career. Like you kind of got to the top, and then it's like, what do you do then? Uh, we changed. Yeah. I think we we just experimented as much as we can. I think we've we've never been a band to stand still. And yeah, there's there's certainly different things about music that we like to explore, and you know, there's certain things we sort of keep on coming back to. We like. To have a big chorus. Tom's got a pretty amazing voice, which has altered slightly over the years, but it's still him. You know, he's still pretty. He's got that range, and he's got I don't know a bit of soul and a bit of grit to it. So, yeah, we've we've kind of got uh, that in our armory, which is the main thing we want to base our songs about. Of course, and um, also just like his uh, the sort of uh, live theatrical performance is is a real um, sort of trademark of the band as well. Definitely got a bit more confident on stage in the last ten years. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that was—I think—that was the biggest change I'd seen since, like, I saw you when you first started out. To when I saw you at Stand and Calling last year, was uh, was yeah, Tom's sort of on stage persona has really blossomed. I don't think we want to hide anymore. You know, yeah. I think there was definitely a, an uncomfortable air about us for a good good time. So to to be able to sort of. I don't know, it's, as I say, it's the experience. We've played so many shows in Europe and further afield over the last 10, 15 years. It's just kind of feels like we're meant to be there now rather than being sort of pretend, pretenders. Basically, the one thing that I think really you should uh, just sometimes take back and really take stock of is you've sold millions and millions of albums, which nobody, <laughs> hardly anybody... Anywhere can say that. Do you know what I mean? There's a very small percentage of people that have sold millions and millions of albums. That, well, yeah, that's true. I mean, we did, we did, we did okay in the first few years. I think those those sales drop significantly year on year as we get older and things. You know, it, the the market's completely changed. The bottom has fallen out. Of oh, absolutely. The, Nobody's the buying, buying records market. now. No, exactly. But that doesn't matter. We're not. You know, we're not ludicrously worried about that we're not thinking oh it was so much better when we first came out it was just different there's different ways of doing things there's still people you know there's still ways of getting out and communicating with your fans it's uh, just not necessarily going to be people going down hmv and um picking up if you can TVs find a hmv yeah. anymore you know well exactly exactly <laughs> um good luck to that so uh i want to just uh, change what we're talking about slightly for a minute because I want to talk to you about uh, all the all the good work that you guys have started doing in conjunction with Oxfam and I know that uh, some of the stuff from Violence, uh, the album is not from the act of but obviously it's, it's the same thing from the album Violence is inspired by uh, things for example like your trip to uh, meet the refugees to, yeah, in Greece. Greece. Yeah, yeah. So, I just wondered if you could just tell us a little bit about your experiences and some of that stuff. Well, we've been really lucky to be. In, um, well, we've been joined up with Oxfam for a number of years. We've been trying to promote their work at our gigs and give them a little platform um, as to what they do. And when they invited us to actually go out and visit a refugee camp, we, uh, you know. We thought long and hard about it because it's not the easiest thing in the world to do because emotionally, is anybody ready for that? Of um, course. But we were we were certainly, I don't know, we were delighted to be asked and we, we just saw it as such an amazing opportunity to see the work that Oxfam, who we've been supporting sort of 
fairly in the background. We did, did it at sort of first first hand quarters, really. So um, yeah, so that was our first trip out. To, we went to a, a camp in Greece. It's quite a, a two two different camps in Greece, but both of them were sort of more family orientated. They had women and children in in the camps, and so it was really quite um, an incredible experience to see how these families have travelled from many different countries for many different reasons, but only because they're trying to make their lives better for their, mostly for their children. And to be stuck in a kind of limbo situation between countries who don't particularly want them and uh, with no real sort of prospects of getting out of there. So that was that was our first trip over in Greece was two, two years ago, I think. We were delighted to be going back to a, quite a different set of circumstances. We went to a camp in uh, uh, in Serbia near, near the city of Belgrade a couple of weeks ago to visit a camp where it was a really transitional camp where those of um, uh, men and, and sort of just young men sort of between sort of 17, 18 to 30s all, so all individuals who have, uh, are seeking asylum in different countries but they're sort of in limbo trying to get from one country through the borders of another and this place was giving them shelter and food and a place to let off steam, a place to socialise and a place to sort of, I don't know, treat as their home for a couple of days while they try and make these attempts at getting across the borders, which never really ended up quite that successfully. So, yeah, um, yeah it's it a remarkable place full of people who want to give them a helping hand, but it's one of these transitional places where they weren't sort of bedding down for months on end, but they were, you know, coming back and seeking sort of medical attention uh, shelter, as I say, from the blistering hot heat we've got at the moment, and then obviously in the winter that's going to turn to um, snowfall and, and icy conditions for them to sort of get their energy up to attempt to get into a country who's more accepting of them for who they are. So it's more like a kind of almost like a, a way of kind of giving them a little bit of, I don't know if conditioning is the right word, but sort of almost like get ready to kind of make that push to try and actually do something rather than just like languishing in a camp where they can't see a way out well this is it i think what it was trying to do was to just to give them a sense of normality a sense of um i don't know hope and a sense of you kind of wanted here by your peers by the people around who who care about you even though you're not at home i think um part of the campaign's real focus was to focus on what home means to us you know home Mm. For us as a as a band or as us with, with our families at home, and in comparison to these guys who who've left their homes just to try and get a better life for anybody who's connected with them, so it was yeah, it was it was that really. It's um, really remarkable guys that we met there. A couple of them had started a sort of little band that they showed us, which was pretty cool. So they they're just like us. They wanted of to course. watch the World Cup. They wanted to play snooker. They wanted to work in the gym to build their, you know, their young bodies up to the things that they could. They felt like they should be doing all the time. Sure. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's um, it, was, it was part of that thing. You've got to have empathy with people that are going through these situations. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I loved it in a certain extent, in a certain way. But obviously, but I guess also it must have left you with some real sort of like harrowing reminders of how awful oh, life can be and like that is like a a real noble kind of position to put yourself in because like you said you don't you know you don't have to do that and you don't have to you know make yourself think about these things whereas i think it's all too easy to 
even even as far as going, if you know Syria has been on the news for more than about two weeks, people start to stop caring and lose the effect, and you know loads of things are going on well beyond that, even still. Too right, too right. That's that's the thing. We need to keep on going back and keep on sort of exposing people to what is going on every day in hundreds of countries across the world, and that's just a tiny little slice of some some sort of hard times that people are going through. And luckily, I get to go back at the end of it and play a show at the end of the day and then come home on a flight the next day. You know, that's kind of easy for me. Sure. But uh, but I'm glad that I could go along and, and actually hopefully wait, raise some awareness of, you know, thanks for, for you guys for letting me come on and speak a little bit about it as well, because it does, it really helps the work of Oxfam, who, let's face it, have had a pretty terrible year of it so far in terms of press and PR relations and it sort of covers up the amazing work that 99.9% of that organisation has done over the last however many years Oxfam's been going. What would you, if if you've uh, managed to tug sufficiently on someone's heartstring that's listening to this, that other than just giving some money to Oxfam or to a charity of their choice, whatever, mm-hmm. how would you encourage people to get involved in a way that could actually really make a difference? Well, I mean, purely, I, I'm not expecting anybody to get on a plane and go and do voluntary work for an organisation in a, in a war-torn country or anything that's, you know, people do do that mm. which is incredible but that's not what the everyday person would do I think kind of the fact if you can give up some of your time to volunteer at a local level, mm-hmm. it's just really important, it's just like the start of just showing people how you would care about anybody in a situation that's worth, worse off than you, if it's close to home that's fantastic, luckily I got to go to abroad to do it but uh, people can do that in their own towns or in their own villages or whatever. There's um, the the camp that we went to actually. We had me- a meal with um, the locals and it was all provided by Oxfam and it was all made in a um, a kitchen in in Belgrade and all of those guys came out to serve it. So they were all volunteers. So it was just the fact that they were basically working in their own town, making food, serving food out to to the, uh, the the lads that we were with yeah. every on every every day and but they weren't going miles from their home but they felt that they had a need to to be involved in the community so you know there's there's definitely things that we can do on a very local scale sure. that will help in the long term great well um first of all like i said just to underline that again it's really great that you because you know so many people in your position choose not to get involved so it's great that that you have Ed, listen, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show. Also, on a, on a personal level, I just want to say, In This Light and On This Evening is one of my favourite albums of all time, so it's a real thrill to have you on the show. Oh, nice um, one. Thank you very much. And we're going to play Hallelujah, which is one of the songs inspired by your trip to the refugee camp. It's also on your current album, Violence, which is out now. Uh, you guys are doing British Summertime. Done truck it. Festival. Done it. Oh, you've done it. Yes, of course you have. Yeah. Truck Festival, Boardmasters, and then you start a UK tour in Southampton on the 7th of October and if you are listening to this if you ever take anything that I say as any kind of value then go and see them because they are amazing live uh, Ed thank you so much for coming on and uh, Appreciate your time. next time you're around come see us in the studio will do thank nice you very time. much really, really do appreciate it thank thanks you. man bye. take care bye this is Hallelujah by Editors
The Joey Payne Show, every Wednesday from 2 till 4pm. Well, I hope you enjoyed that little mixed bag of interviews taken from my Fubar radio show. If you'd like to listen to the full show, which includes features and all the songs from all the artists that you've heard in these interviews and many, many more, then tune in every Wednesday from 2 till 4 live or go to foobarradio.com for the podcast. You've been listening to a Fubar Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com.